0: Hey everybody, I'm Logan Camden.
1: I'm Carson Brabber.
0: And this is Nerd Sesh.
1: No! Oh my God, how could he do that? Are playoff you playoff on? Don't touch to- What?
0: Charles Darwin.
1: All right, so now that we are almost through the first round of the playoffs in a few of the real pretenders as far as the playoff conversation Goes have been knocked off. Today, we're going to be running down each of the 13 remaining teams, starting from the lowest seed left, running all the way up to the one seeds, and talking about if each and every one of these teams has the potential to win the title. For a lot of those teams, obviously, the answer is going to be no, probably, but it's at least going to give us a chance to sort of talk about what they've done in the playoffs thus far and why it is the case that we don't see them as a real contender. So let's start with the real bottom of the barrel, Logan. Um, The Orlando Magic, I'm just going to say no. They cannot win the title and leave it at that. Do you have anything else to add?
0: No, I didn't even write them down in my notes.
1: Yeah, I wrote down nope. Uh, the other eight seed that remains, the Portland Trailblazers, in a bit of a precarious spot now. They will probably be out of this conversation by the end of tomorrow because they're down 3-1. But if they don't have the potential to win the title, why not?
0: Uh, I mean, defensively, they they just lack defensively. Uh, Damian Lillard is, has been electric in the playoffs, and I've loved – I just love seeing him take a game from the Lakers because it seems so obvious that they'd be, there'd be a sweep. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the Blazers don't have any chance. LeBron's going to mop them up soon.
1: Yeah, and I think that the defense has been their most prominent issue, honestly, throughout most of Dame's tenure there. That's been the reason they haven't been a legitimate contender. But even within this series, they've just cooled down. Gary Trent was on fire his scoring has been cut in half in the playoffs as compared to during the seeding games in the bubble. Mello is cooled down shooting. Nurk is down like five points per game. And even Dame, you know, has been dealing with these injuries now. He's just averaging 24 a game in this series. They don't have Zach Collins, so they're playing more Whiteside Nurkic minutes, which are tough. And this really could have been a sweep. You know, they got in there. They stole game one. Charles Barkley ran his mouth a little bit. But realistically, if the Lakers don't go five of 32 from three in game one, the Blazers don't win that game. Because even then, they weren't scoring prolifically. It was just an exceptionally poor performance from the Lakers offensively. So, obviously not in that conversation. The next lowest seed remaining, however, the Dallas Mavericks. The seven seed out West, playing the Clippers even thus far, even without Christoph Porzingis in Game 4, who will apparently be missing tonight's game again, that being Game 5. Logan, can they win the title?
0: Initially hot off the press as i was going to come out here and say plain and simply luka Doncic makes this team a contender to win the title mm-hmm. uh, but i don't believe that in saying it i don't i think this team is a pretender and it's just because of the pieces surrounding uh, luka and uh, i saw a video today by the ringer a uh, really good nba content on youtube and they were talking about how the pieces around luka make him better mm-hmm. uh i think that they add to it i think tim hardaway jr and trey burt seth curry guys like that make help luka out but I mean, you can just look at the stat lines and see a game where Luka has 11 turnovers uh, in, I believe it was game one. Mm-hmm. Luka needs another playmaker out there because there's just, there's not enough ball to go around. Luka has to play the hard and roll every time up the floor with nobody to even turn to. And Luka's been... Dominant, mm-hmm. 42.7 boards, nine assists game one, 28, eight, and seven game two. Uh, triple-double in game three where he went out with an ankle injury. And then, of course, a game-winner in OT uh, with 43.17 boards and 13 assists. Luke is insane. But in yeah. my opinion, this team is not built to win a title because of the pieces around him. And, of course, with Kristaps Porzingis' uh, injury concerns, I would completely write them off because Porzingis is not a good enough two to win a title, in my opinion, right now, and stylistically with how he plays basketball. The Mavericks are on the cusp, but they've got to do a good job in the draft coming up if they want to compete because, don't get me wrong, they can win this series. I just don't think they can win a title.
1: Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you've said. Part of what I think is so incredible is that they've been elevated to the point where either of us are even tempted to say that they could win the title when – You know, coming into the season, I didn't expect them to be a playoff team. Their leading man was a 20-year-old second-year player who had been phenomenal in his first year, who I loved. But, you know, you're looking at their third-best player being DeLon Wright, Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, But these guys really have overperformed. I mean, Seth Curry has been unbelievable this series. And I do really like how they've structured this team because it's just Luka and then it's so many guys who can shoot the ball. At all times, you know, their center is basically either Maxi Kleba, who can shoot, unfortunately not in this series, but for the most part can shoot. Obviously, Kristaps, who's a phenomenal three-point shooter. And then the only other big man who they play, especially with Dwight Powell out, is Boban, who is his own sort of unique weapon, even though he can't shoot because he's unstoppable out of the post. He just throws the ball over his shoulder, and he scores 80% of the time. But obviously there are flaws. You mentioned Kristaps is your, your second-best player. Uh, sometimes he's not even out there to be their second-best player. And, of course, he doesn't really have that ability to impose his will on a game besides just making a bunch of, a bunch of threes. If he's not hitting his threes, he doesn't have that ability to attack downhill, to draw fouls. That's not in his game. There's no variety. Luca, you know, he has so many different ways that he can beat you with his playmaking, getting to the line, getting into the lane every time, like we saw from him last game, which was a masterpiece. He can dictate an entire game. However he wants to, Kristaps doesn't come close to that. Um, The defense is a problem for this team number 18 defensive rating in the regular season. There's a reason that a team that had the literal best offense ever finishes the seven seed, even in a loaded West, it's because they couldn't get stops. And even in these big games that they've played as of late in the bubble, their games against the bucks and the Rockets, these games that came down to the wire that they ended up losing, they couldn't get stops late. And two days ago in their incredible win against the Clippers, they still didn't get stops late. They just didn't stop scoring either. And Luca hit that incredible shot to win the game. So You know, what Luca has done is incredible. He is a top five guy I'd want in these playoffs, no doubt. If I'm choosing a single out engine for my team, he might be top three. And to me, there's a clear top two of LeBron and then Kawhi. And I very well may take Luca over Giannis just because having that sort of perimeter facilitator who controls the game at all times, you can't scheme against who uh, he, he can do everything. He can really do everything and he elevates everyone around him in a way that even a guy like James Harden, who he's so frequently compared to because they have those similar skill sets, and uh, obviously it's the deceleration, it's the step-back three, it's only taking threes and, and getting into the lane, basically. They don't shoot mid-range jumpers. The ball dominance, all that stuff. Luca elevates his teammates more. He just does. He's the most brilliant passer in basketball right now, and that is why we have this team in this position. It's Luca. It's all Luca. and uh, the bench deserves credit for what they're doing. But to basically summarize everything I've just said, the Mavs are great. Um I don't know if they can win this series just because Crip stops is out, but I've been tempted and at moments I've definitely thought that they can. But the title to me is a reach.
0: Luca is you're calling him over LeBron. No,
1: no, no. I said LeBron and Kawhi would be my top two.
0: No, no, I mean I mean passing.
1: Oh yes. I think he's I think he's a more brilliant passer than LeBron. I think It's in so many elements. It's and we haven't even seen this lately, but he's the best lob passer in basketball to me. When he had that pick and roll with Dwight, Dwight Powell going, that was unbelievable and unstoppable offense. I think that his vision is truly unparalleled when it comes to finding shooters and his deceptiveness. You almost never know where he's going, and he delivers the ball accurately with touch, with the appropriate pace every single time. And you know he has that same thing as LeBron where. They're both, you know, in that six-seven to six-nine range, so they can see everything, and they have these all these angles that guys like, you know, Chris Paul can't can't equal. So I would say it's close. Me personally, when I watch games, I think that Luca makes more incredibly advanced. How did he do that passes than LeBron? And LeBron, one thing that he does have, uh, is the passing out of the post, which he's incredible mm-hmm. at, especially this year, which Luca doesn't do as much. But for me, just the ability to find shooters from Luca is unrivaled. Um, so that, that's that's enough on the Mavs, I think. But they, to me, are probably the third best team in the West right now. I don't know what you think about that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, the Mavericks just even the fact that they can hang with the Clippers mm-hmm. surprises me. And mm-hmm. it's not even a knock on Luka. It's just the Mavericks are a surprisingly good team. And yeah. Luca's Luca's game ready. Luca yeah. got prepared in the Euro League. He's built for this.
1: Yeah. And this goes back to what I was saying before this series, where I was talking about how, even though it's a first round matchup, I expected the Mavs to push the Clippers harder than the Nuggets in the second round because the Mavs have an unstoppable offense. Kawhi and Paul George and whoever else you throw out there cannot stop this machine. It just goes with Luka, and Luka doesn't stop. So Um, I'm going
0: to, yeah. Last thing, um, you talk about that, and I think that's one of the faults. I don't think the Clippers are a bad defensive team, and we'll talk more on them later, but mm-hmm. people are jumping to conclusions, even me, and you'll see later with the, clip, with the Clippers talk, but the Mavericks literally have a near-unstoppable offense.
1: Yeah, they really do. So let's move on to another team that has, weirdly enough, had a basically unstoppable offense in these playoffs, and another team that has been really impressive, the six-seeded Utah Jazz. Logan, can they win a title?
0: Uh, no, but the Jazz have really surprised me just that they could even run with the Nuggets. I didn't expect this series to be close. I expected the Nuggets to roll over on them. And the Jazz stylistically have maybe changed my opinion on, I don't know, how to build a team, really. And what I mean by that is Donovan Mitchell is such a dynamic offensive weapon. I think he's criminally underrated. I don't, yeah. because he's in Utah, of course, people don't talk about Donovan enough. And then on the other side of the ball, because Donovan really has no other dominant stars on offense, Rudy Gobert anchors that. And just off that two-man game, the Jazz are good. Mm-hmm. I'm so disappointed that the Jazz have gone up 3-1 in the series because I wanted to see Denver Nuggets basketball, and they yeah. have severely disappointed. Um, Donovan Mitchell has such a high motor, 57 points in game one, 30 in game two, 20 in game three, and then 51 in game four. I don't know how he does it because he's he's a dominant athlete, but at 6'4", I just don't expect that dominant scoring ability from a undersized two-guard. He just – he's different. Also, the Denver Nuggets have just looked poor defensively matching yeah. up against him in all facets, and Jokic has looked not – I want a little more, I guess, not effort. I want a little better output defensively mm-hmm. from Jokic, and that has been the downfall. The Jazz cannot win a title um, because they're just – without Bogdanovich, without other weapons, but – I didn't even expect him to get into the second round. I think the Jazz are also in that same boat.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you're even giving Donovan Mitchell a few inches there. He's listed at 6 1 now. He was 6 3 coming into this year. When the NBA changed the heights, they brought him down to 6 1, which is, I mean, he is truly one of the great little man scorers of all time at that height. Um, I think that this is, no, the Jazz definitely can't win a title. Uh, but I thought that they were going to go down in five against the Nuggets. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be a particularly competitive five, even though I always have my doubts with the Nuggets. I just saw poor basketball from the Jazz in the bubble. I saw a sputtering offense, and I saw a team that's going to rely on guys like Juwan Morgan to start games, Georges Nyang, Emmanuel Moutier, Tony Bradley. Those are their guys coming off the bench, missing Bogdanovich, a 20-point-per-game scorer, And they have somehow posted an offensive rating of 131, which is, I mean, you know, obviously – Tiny sample size, four games. But the Mavs' record-setting offensive rating is like 116. So this is in another stratosphere. Um, And uh, Donovan Mitchell is unreal. I mean, he is truly so special. And I think that it's hard to keep in perspective sometimes because he was in the limelight so early in his career as a rookie that In his first three years, he has done things that so few players in NBA history have done. And this is the most exceptional example, obviously, having 50 points in two of his first four playoff games this year. But going back to his rookie year, they won a playoff series against Russell Westbrook and Paul George with him as their sole offensive engine. He's been special ever since then. Uh, He doesn't have quite as tantalizing of a skill set as a guy like Jason Tatum, I think, which is part of the reason why we don't talk about him as much. But... The dude's averaging 40-6 and on 56-51-96 splits through four games. It's from everywhere. He's always been a mid-range assassin. He's getting downhill so forcefully, just abusing the Murray-Jokic pick-and-roll defense every single time, the lack of a rim protector there. And, you know, if they key in on him, he just keeps throwing that lob to Rudy Gobert, who I also think, I mean, he's scoring the easiest 19 points per game you can, but I do think he deserves credit for, you know, being aggressive because in game one, He looked so confused off the catch all these times. He was being sloppy off the pick and roll. He was being indecisive. And now he's just saying, I'm going to try to dunk on Jokic every single time because he can't jump with me and it's working. Um, Jordan Clarkson obviously has been really important for this team since they acquired him, averaging 20 a game. I swear to God, he's one of the five most confident guys in basketball. And when he's not missing, it's really scary. He's a dynamic shot maker. Conley is playing out of his mind 11 of 16 from three through two games uh, for a guy who has really struggled. And yes, obviously he's going to cool down shooting, but he looks confident out there. So I'll be interested in seeing how game five goes down starting in like 15, 20 minutes probably. And if the nuggets are able to scrap and stay alive, but the jazz, you know, they blew them out in games two and three, they've been the better team on both ends. And, uh, You know, the Mitchell-Gobert tandem, I think, has sort of flipped from being one that I was kind of skeptical of late in this season and thinking, you know, this is probably going to be kind of a disappointing finish for them just because it seems like they were cooling down, especially with the Bogdanovich injury. Maybe some chemistry issues between Mm -hmm. the two of them because of, you know, Rudy spreading COVID about and Donovan getting it. But it doesn't seem like it right now. They're playing unbelievable basketball. And, you know, they're probably going to go down as a team that in – Uh, two of the last three years, won a playoff series, which in the West is really, really impressive. That's a select group to be in.
0: How many games do you think Utah can push LA or Dallas?
1: That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I I, got to go six. I mean, I cannot count Donovan Mitchell out. He is genuinely has this special will to win which is one of my favorite things about these true alpha dog scorers, like what we saw from Dame late in the season, where you look through his last three games, and he has 51-61-42 in three really close games because that's what they needed. Donovan Mitchell is that type of dog in that he will go out there and do whatever. He never fears the moment, and that's special. That's the kind of guy who can will you to wins, uh, and he's one of, I would say, the top 10 will you to a win guy in basketball, in my opinion. What do you think how how close would they push probably the clippers
0: Yeah I put 6 just because I think that Gobert also factors in on defense he's going to win he's going to help you win mm-hmm. a game along with Donovan and I I don't know because I just I didn't realize Donovan Mitchell had this explosiveness to just at the drop of a hat oh. go for 50 Unbelievable. in any given game against the clippers and we we know now the clippers defense is susceptible as we've seen mm-hmm. with Luka I don't know. I think you can push it six. I, uh, if we get Clippers instead of Mavericks, I will definitely be pulling for the Jazz against the Clippers just to see chaos.
1: Yeah. No, listen. Who doesn't want chaos? I mean, we've been expecting Clippers-Lakers like it's this inevitability, and then, I mean, the Mavs are really giving them a run for their money. Let's move on to the team that is one spot higher out west, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have worked their way back into a standstill with the Houston Rockets at two games apiece, Logan, can they win the title?
0: Uh, obviously, no. Uh, this is an easy one, I think. The Thunder's roster just isn't deep enough right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like their depth to a point, but Lou Dort's out there. Lou Dort is not a dynamic enough offensive player uh, in a starting team, in my opinion, to win a title. He's great defensively, and we've seen the mm-hmm. the Thunder are dogs defensively. That is one thing I love about them. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul, Lou Dort, um, SGA isn't bad either, and, of course, Steven Adams anchoring in the paint. Um, they're a fun team to really watch. It just it sucks because whoever wins this series is going to get destroyed by LeBron. They're just a stepping stone. Yeah. The interesting, I think, path that we should look on the Thunder for is with all these draft picks. I think the Thunder are in a Toronto Raptors situation that we saw last year, where if they can somehow pull the trigger for another superstar, I think the Thunder can win a title next season because of their. Wow. Now again, it's gonna it's gonna be hard with Chris Paul's mm-hmm. contract just because he's making so much money. But if they can find another guy on the market, because I don't, you know, I'm going to save that take for later. I'm going to save it because I was about to say, I was about to spoil something. Okay. I think that if they can get another superstar, I think the Thunder are dangerous for next season. It'll just be a means of, can they pull the trigger? As for right now, I want them to beat the Rockets because James Harden plays ugly basketball, in my opinion. Um, And... I don't know. It'd be fun to see uh, also. I'd be right. I'd be right in my predictions, and I'd get to flex on Nerd Sesh about it. That's true.
1: Yeah. Um. I've been really impressed with the Thunder over these last two games. They obviously have a bunch of really talented players. I mean, they're big four, if you will, of CP3, Schroeder, Shea, and Danilo, and you can throw Steven Adams in there. It's just not that same offensive punch. That's a really good group of guys, and they have played with heart and fight all season. And... You know, I talked coming into this about one of the reasons I was going to take the Rockets is I feel like the Thunder had to work harder to get the same record that the Rockets got, whereas the Rockets kind of coasted and the Thunder were fighting every single game. But we've seen in these last two games, it has been that fight that has gotten the Thunder the win. Last game, when the Rockets started out blazing hot from three, the Thunder just kept fighting and they kept coming back. And as the Rockets kept missing, they kept digging in. As far as winning a title, no chance I still don't think they win this series. Um, they may though, because definitely they do have a bit of a formula going, but they just labor offensively. There are stretches where you can tell that they don't have that definitive top-level guy, even Chris Paul, who can just get his shot whenever. They don't have a a Donovan Mitchell, James Harden type to just throw the ball to, and I think that hurts them at times. They have a lot of tough, you know, contested mid-range jumpers from Gallinari, uh, and there are times where guys just look tentative SGA's preference is not to shoot threes. Even if he's open, sometimes Schroeder off the catch, doesn't want to shoot threes. Even if he's open, he loves the pull-up three, not as much off the catch. So just the lack of that high-end alpha takeover talent for me puts a bit of a ceiling on this team, but they deserve credit for, uh, for what they're doing. And it's been an incredible season for this team because this is so far beyond what the expectations were preseason and they've been really impressive. Let's move out east to the four seed, the Miami Heat. Logan, can they win a title?
0: Uh, the Heat can't, but I don't know if this is a spicy take. I think the Heat can beat the Bucks, And the reason I say that is when you have a guy like Bam Adebayo, because Giannis Antetokounmpo is such a mismatch, if mm. Bam can somehow just slow down Giannis, and if they can force Chris Middleton into having one of his patented bad shooting performances, uh, the Heat could – do some damage. Now, do I expect it to happen? No, I'd probably take the bucks. The heat really on the ceiling is just because their second guy on offense is non-hero. It's, it's been that way the entire season. And Jimmy Butler just doesn't have, Jimmy Butler's a dog. I would never disrespect Jimmy Butler, Mm -hmm. mostly because I'm afraid of him and uh, if he'd find me, what he'd do to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Butler's just not a dynamic enough shot maker from deep in my opinion. And of course we've seen his struggles from three this season, but they're surrounded by three-point shooters. I think they could take a few games from Milwaukee. And like I said, if they can somehow stifle Giannis and Middleton, uh, I think the Heat could make it a seven, six-game series and make it interesting. Uh, the ceiling is just – there's just not enough top-end talent uh, at yeah. the top of the roster.
1: Yeah. I've had some issues with the Heat. I certainly don't think that they're a title team. I think that that's kind of obvious. And part of the reason for that is they're just not elite on either end, and they don't have that individual star who can carry them to wins. Jimmy is a dog. He's an all-around factor in every stage of the game, but it's really hard for him to go out there and get you 45 points on command because you need him to, especially considering the fact that he you know, doesn't shoot threes, essentially. That's an easy way to just balloon those point totals if you get hot from three on any given game. The Heat, and I've mentioned this before, were sub-500 for the second half of the regular season, which is concerning to me. So, I'm just not that impressed that they won four pretty close games against the Pacers without DeMontis Sabonis. All of those games were competitive, every single one of them, and good for them for winning and kind of pulling away late. But um, I don't know. I think that the Bucks matchup is a little interesting because Bam can be a quasi Giannis neutralizer. Uh, and I don't know, maybe if you throw in a strong rotation of wing defenders, which they have, a guy like Jay Crowder, a guy like Andre Iguodala that could pose some issues. I just don't believe enough in the Heat team. And, you know, I've been harping on the Bucs' playoff susceptibility since they came onto the scene as a contender early last year. Uh, This has been a key point uh, in every discussion I have about the Bucs. I just don't think the Heat are the team to really take advantage because I don't think they're good enough. They don't have enough guys that I trust. Uh, This was an intriguing series from Goran Dragic just because he was their leading scorer and he was balling out and... Uh, he's really you know, one of the best six men in basketball, and I liked what I saw from him a lot, and that raises their ceiling a bit. I just don't think they can beat the Bucs. Let's move on to the four-seed out west, the Houston Rockets. Logan, can they win a title?
0: The Rockets can't win a title, although they went out and got uh, the title capper, as, uh, as we like to call him, Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. I'll give Jeff Green some credit right now. That man has been getting buckets like it was 2013. It's very strange. It it makes zero sense. Uh, that's yeah. what I love about bubble basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rockets do not have a dominant enough post presence, and it's not like it's a necess- it's not as a necessity like it was in the early two thousands. But uh, they're going to get out rebounded, and I am I'm waiting for them to beat the Thunder so we can see the. Uh, actually, I can't say that because I don't know. Russell Westbrook makes that series a little bit more interesting against the Lakers, but yeah. I'm waiting for the Lakers to go and trounce the Rockets with AD and LeBron killing them in the post because. That's what should work. Um, the Rockets cap, of course, it's the same as always. They're dominant offensively, and they can take games from you offensively, but defensively, I just do not believe in the Houston Rockets whatsoever.
1: This is a really interesting version of the Rockets. I, no, I don't think they can win a title. Um, we've gotten a lot of no's thus far, obviously, but again, we're working our way up to the cream of the crop. They're very good. And this experiment, I would say, has not been a failure of playing just absolute small ball. It hasn't been a failure at all, actually. They're probably going to win a playoff series. But they're just not flexible enough to compete on the high end. This is a team in the playoffs, 59.5% of their field goal attempts are coming from three. And I really do believe to my core, as strong and as stout as P.J. Tucker and Robert Covington are out of the post, a team that plays as big as the Lakers but can also defend small because of the versatility of LeBron and AD will abuse these guys. A LeBron post-up is one of the most efficient plays in basketball. And, yes, you know, we saw in their first regular season meeting they were able to bait guys like Kyle Kuzma into bad post-fade just because he thought, oh, this guy's kind of small. I can shoot a post-fade. That's still not a good shot. But LeBron and AD abusing that in the pick and roll, just challenging them vertically, throwing balls up to AD that they literally cannot catch, that they cannot contest, that's going to be unstoppable. And that's the thing for me is this is a talented team, um, but they will always have their playoff insufficiencies. And that's not even talking about the individual guys like Harden and Westbrook, Harden's free throw attempts, predictably down two and a half a game in the playoffs. Yes, it's a small sample size, but this has happened every year for the last four or so, he just doesn't get the same amount of calls and he wears down because he plays an exhausting style of basketball that probably won't be as much of a factor this year. Cause he had all those months off, but we'll see how Westbrook throws a wrinkle into things. Cause he was phenomenal for them uh, mm-hmm. in really the second half of the season. And he unlocked a lot of things for them, but the on-off splits tell you he still wasn't making them a better team necessarily. Like they weren't performing better with him on the floor. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on how Westbrook changes things if and when he comes back, because we don't know what's going on with him right now.
0: I think Westbrook is going to make them more of a factor on the boards, like I said, just because he's such a good rebounder, I mm-hmm. think. And hopefully we can see, because I do want to see what it's like for James Harden to have his the pressure of the running the offense alleviated by Russell Westbrook just mm-hmm. to get him some water, get him some Gatorade, yeah. get him freshened back up. Yeah. Um. You saw in the series with LeBron uh, in the Blazers, every nearly uh, so many possessions, LeBron posting up Gary Trent, because that's what Mm -hmm. I wanted to uh, catch on what you said about him in the post. It's unstoppable. Yeah. And with the size of the Rockets, it's going to continue to be unstoppable. 80 cutting to the bucket score and LeBron kicking out to Kuzma or whatever spot up shooters there. Yeah, It's going to, the Rockets are not going to be able to stop LeBron defensively. Not many teams can, but it's going to be embarrassing.
1: Yeah. And, you know, obviously they're in all likelihood never going to get swept from a series because the probability is when 60% of your field goal attempts come from three, at least one time you're going to get hot enough to win, especially against a team like the Lakers, not a great shooting team. They're probably going to get cold one game, but I just don't see them stringing it together enough for a series. We focus a lot on the Lakers because um, it's a particularly interesting matchup. It's a big imposing physical team against a team whose tallest starter is six seven. Uh, But I think that the fact that they're not adaptable applies to basically any matchup. If they were to somehow beat the Lakers and face the Clippers in the Western conference finals, let's say the Clippers can play small ball as well as anyone because, you know, they can easily play lineups where Trez is their center at six, seven, and that's just a better small ball lineup that they have. They have the better players. So, you know, uh, Daryl Morey, Mike D'Antoni, they are fascinating how they assemble a team. I really have to say, I'm actually missing Russell Westbrook out there just because Rockets Westbrook, once he adjusted and was basically just attacking downhill every time, he made this team more exciting to watch. Right now, it's just guys floating around and eventually they kick to someone who gets an open three every single time. And I think James Harden is is an artist. I think that his ability to create for himself off the dribble, to step back three is revolutionary, obviously. I'm not an anti-Harden guy, but watching – four dudes around him only shoot threes is not that exciting. Not that that's a factor in the likelihood of them winning a championship, but I do think it speaks to just their, um, their inability to adapt. You know, they're the same team that lost that missed 25 straight threes or whatever it was and lost the game because of that. Let's move on to the three seed out East, the Boston Celtics. Logan, can they win a title?
0: The Boston Celtics can win a title. Uh, And, I think they could very well take these because I think the winner of Raptors Celtics is bound for the finals and Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker are one of the best, if not the best offensive trios in basketball. Mm -hmm. They are the Celtics. I don't, I get so happy watching Celtic basketball, looking at stat lines. They have solid role players and Daniel Tice, Marcus Smart. And potentially I know Gordon Hayward left the bubble with an ankle injury, but if they can get any, any bit of juice out of Gordon Hayward, Mm -hmm. it it just elevates them to the next level. The Celtics, in my opinion, are the most well-equipped team, talent-wise, experience-wise, and coaching-wise to knock off the Raptors and come out of the East. And I'm putting them over the Bucs because I don't believe in the Bucs. I've seen the Celtics play consistent, good offensive basketball and good defensive basketball Mm -hmm. for a while. In my opinion, the Raptors are the... The Celtics are what the Raptors are defensively, offensively. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Offensively, the Celtics do what the Raptors do defensively, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's why I think they can compete. We've seen this series. Uh, Jalen Brown, 29 points game one. Jason Tatum, 32. Tatum, another 30-piece in game two. Kemba, 30-piece in game four. It's The Celtics play good basketball and are way too talented to not make a
1: run at the title this season. I really thought about this one. This was my toughest decision, I would say. Um, because really for this, obviously it's not a prediction. It's not, who do you think will win the title? If that were the case, we'd all only have one option. I'm going to go no, but they are my closest omission. And the reason that I have them in that tier is they're top five on both ends of the ball. They have been in the regular season. They have been in the playoffs. They are so versatile offensively as far as who can beat you. You have Tatum at 27 a game in this series. Kemba at 24, Jalen at 21. That is representative of a great team with guys who can beat you on any given day. But for me, when I envision them going up against either of the LA teams, it's impossible for me to imagine them taking on that kind of talent at the top and winning, uh, especially the LeBron and AD tandem. I just It's hard for me to see it, especially from a guy like Jason Tatum, who as great as he has been, still fades. And he's really young. He's in his third year. It makes sense. But there are games where he disappears and he is flat-out terrible. And if you're going to win a title, that can happen zero times. So just the foundation they have on both ends, the amount of quality players they have, and the offensive stardom at the top definitely makes them intriguing for me. And I know that you know there is a group of people out there who have them going to the finals. Um, it's just too hard for me to really imagine it. Like I, It's hard for me to envision in my head Jason Tatum holding up a finals MVP trophy at the end of this year. It's just, it just doesn't feel right. I don't feel like they're confident enough. I don't feel like they have that kind of pedigree yet. And, you know, there are teams that can burst onto the scene. I don't think that the Celtics are overwhelmingly talented enough to be that kind of team. So they're a close cut for me. On the other side of things, in the West, the three seed, the Denver Nuggets, who are almost out of this thing entirely. Logan, can they win a title?
0: uh clearly in far away no I mean yeah. we've seen the moments from Jokic Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray but uh the Denver Nuggets in my opinion have been the most disappointing team in the NBA playoffs I had so much I mean we talked about it um through text phone call whatever I said I really like the Nuggets I think they're the most interesting team in the playoffs mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. it's proven they had the most boomer bust and they uh they leaned a little too far on the bust side uh I like the Nuggets, but their bench really let them down. I mean, their bench is offensively inept. It is – they looked lost out there on the court against the
1: Jazz. Maybe next year, Denver. I'm rooting for you. Yeah. I mean, well, just to bring up the point that you made about the bench, they're with, you know, two pretty important contributors. Gary Harris has had a tough season, but I would so much rather have him out on the floor than P.J. Dozier, who's playing 20 minutes a game. Will Barton, a 15-point-per-game scorer, the kind of confident – guy that this team needs in spots because of the fact that their best player is not an alpha scorer. And now you're, you know, those minutes are being sucked up by a guy like Monte Morris playing 28 minutes a game, who's fine offensively does some really nice stuff, but you don't want him playing 28 minutes a game in a playoff series at all. MPJ is still spotty. He comes and goes. I like a lot of, I think he's really savvy as far as how he gets his buckets still can't really create for himself outside of just shooting in people's faces. And then the rest of it is basically scoring off of cuts and offensive rebounds. Defensively, they've been so bad and they were basically an average defense in the regular season, but now they are just being exposed again and again by the Murray Jokic pick and roll defense. As I've mentioned, it's either Mitchell scorching them, attacking downhill, pulling up, stepping back, or it's going over top to Rudy Gobert in a way that Jokic just can't contest. And I always have had my concerns about this team because Jokic, as brilliant as he is, and I do believe that when he's highly motivated, like we saw last year, he can impose his will on a game. He's just kind of a moody guy. And you never know if he's going to go out there and take over. And sometimes he just doesn't. Jamal Murray, another one of my absolute favorite players. Sometimes he just sucks. Sometimes he doesn't make shots. Sometimes he doesn't feel like taking shots. So, I never expected them to challenge the Clippers if it came to that in the second round. I did expect them to beat a severely undermanned Jazz team, and part of the credit there goes to the Jazz for overperforming. Another part of this has to be about how the Nuggets have disappointed, though, because two of these games were blowouts where they got their asses handed to them, and now you're talking about a team that was the two-seed last year, the three-seed this year, And last year, they had to go seven against the Spurs. They lost to a Portland team that they were better than. And yes, that was an incredibly competitive series. They should have won that series. And now this is tremendous disappointment this year. And of course, they're young. They're still theoretically on the rise. But if the construction of this roster isn't title worthy, then I don't know what they do. And that's where, you know, we obviously the Bradley Beal conversation comes in. It's do they need another star? there are times where you think, man, Jamal Murray's that star. I mean, he had 50 points last game. And that probably wasn't his best game of the series because of what he did in game one. But then there are times where you just think, I don't even notice he's out there.
0: This may sound crazy, and I know he's really slow, but maybe like a move Jokic to the four, get a better defensive post presence at the five. Most importantly, the nuggets have to get Tory Craig off of the floor when I see Tory Craig playoff minutes it makes me want to take forks and take my eyeballs out of my head I
1: aggressive. hate Tory Craig yeah um he's I, I think that there are matchups where he's important defensively just because he's so stout and uh, he's the kind of guy who always gives effort there where you know some of these nuggets guys I mean they're playing de- they're playing three def- defensive liabilities in their starting lineup with MPJ, Jamal Murray, and Jokic. So sometimes it's nice to just have a dog out there. But offensively, I agree. He reminds me a lot of Lou Dort. He's kind of got a weird, inconsistent jump shot that he's willing to take, but it's not a great shot. Um, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on the Nuggets. You know, I- I've been disappointed by them.
0: Uh, Paul Millsap's really old, and he's, it's shown he's in the playoffs.
1: He is old. And yeah, no, he's not playing his best. And maybe he's the kind of guy. I mean, maybe they just need to go for a more radical reconstruction, like what we've seen with Luka, where they just put shooters all around him or James Harden, shooters all around him. Maybe you have Jokic and shooters all around him because I love the Murray Jokic pick and roll. It's one of my favorite things to watch, but Jokic is almost impossible to stop out of the post. Even Rudy Gobert, Jokic gets to his spots, and then it's up to him to either make the shot or miss it because. He can make such difficult contested shots. He has such unbelievable touch. He's the best post-touch in the NBA to meet without a question. So then you have the threat of him as a scorer or kicking out to shooters at all times. Right now, they don't quite have that. Um, Millsap's an okay shooter. Not great enough to really you know, strike fear into people. So this is a big offseason for them, I think. And we'll see what, what Mike Malone and um, what's his face? Tim Tim, what's his name? whatever the they're Tim Connolly. Tim Connolly. Yeah, Tim Connolly. There we go. All right, let's move back out east where I think that I'm pretty sure what you're going to say here because they may be your title pick, but the Toronto Raptors, the 2 seed, can they win the title?
0: Yes, I mean, we both picked them in our playoff predictions to win the finals. Uh, and of course, they to didn't make have the, the toughest finals conference. For me. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you picked the you Lakers mm-hmm. Um They didn't have the toughest competition, but they took care of the Nets, you know, handedly. Uh, Future Finals MVP Fred VanVleet, twenty in every game that he played in over twenty minutes. Serge Ibaka and Norman Powell put up twenty-seven and twenty-nine in Game Four in limited minutes. I I mean, the Raptors just are built to me like a title-winning team. They have, uh, we've harped on this before. They have guys that are just deep. They can get buckets at any point. They play hard defense, and Nick Nurse is a basketball genius. The Raptors, to
1: me, are still my title pick. As early as I was on the Raptors are going to be in the finals, uh, just because of a lot of my Buck skepticism, I have been resistant to say that anyone other than one of the two LA teams can win the title. The Raptors can win the title. They have been so incredible as of late, winning 15 of their last 16, and you know, right before that, they lost three in a row. But then before that, they won 17 of 18, So they're 32 and 5 in their last 37. And I think the reason that I was skeptical is because I've never seen a team like this win a championship. And when you have LeBron and AD, and again, that's still my pick LeBron and AD are so imposing as a duo that it's hard to imagine anyone stopping them. But a team that plays team basketball like this, is there a world in which I can see it? Yes, because there are weaknesses with the Lakers. They're not a great shooting team. They rely on guys like Kyle Kuzma to go out there and get buckets for them, which sometimes he's just not going to do. The Raptors have the best coach in basketball, they have, I guess, you know, I would say probably the co-best defense with the Bucs. I mean, Mm -hmm. the Bucs are really incredible defensively, but the Raptors with the way they've been playing as of late are right there. They have championship pedigree. These guys know what they're doing. They've been there before, and they have the most good players of any team in basketball. So to me, you know, I don't know. I think I would probably say that they're more likely to win the title right now than the Clippers which would be pretty radical for me just because I've always thought that Clippers Lakers has been sort of the conversation and it's been a tough conversation. I see more flaws with actually every team in basketball than the Raptors. The Raptors to me have the highest ceiling because they're never dependent on any one player. They're not even dependent on great offense. It's going to be so hard to score against them every single game. And that's a guarantee because their defense doesn't come and go. It's not a thing where it's like Kawhi where, Kawhi obviously is always a good defender, but sometimes he just turns it on and he snaps into a gear that is on another level. This is team defense and they're always engaged. They're always locked in. It's what helped them win a title last year. And it's going to, what's going to help them get in that conversation again this year. And
0: I mean, you take a look at the veteran like post presence, uh, post presences, I'm sorry. Uh, Mark Gasol, uh, you know, defensive player of the year, Serge Ibaka, uh, uh, prided. And uh, everybody talks about how good of a defender he was in Oklahoma Mm. city. Like, I don't think people understand the value of having these veteran presences. Like like I said uh, about the Thunder, I believe, last week. Chris Paul can teach these guys mm-hmm. up defensively because he's such a good defender. The rap It's almost like an organizational. You put these older veteran guys, and they can build these younger guys up, and we're seeing it in front of our eyes. i yeah. You said it well. The Raptors
1: have very little weaknesses out on the floor, and that's why I'm going with them. And I've said this probably 50 times now. But Nick Nurse got this job as an offensive guru, and he's probably the best defensive coach in basketball right now. And that's just incredible. I mean, to me, he is flat out the best coach in basketball right now. There is no one who increases the value of their team and you know, the sum of their parts more than Nick Nurse. Moving back to a team that we just talked about a little bit, who, of course, Kawhi Leonard jumped ship to, the Clippers, the 2 seed out West. Can they win the title?
0: I really wanted to come on here and say no. Uh, The Clippers can, and I have to realize this. They are too deep offensively to not be able to win a title. I mean, when you have guys like – and I don't like Marcus Morris particularly, but Mm -hmm. Marcus Morris is a guy that can get a buck on a given night, and that's value. That's valuable. Um, You have Lou Williams, Reggie Jackson off the bench. This team is deep offensively. My only concern with the Clippers and them not being able to win a title – well, I have two. Uh, The first one would be I don't like having – your two best players being wing guys. And what I mean by that is, I don't know, Paul George is not, he's not a dominant enough ball handler, in my opinion, to really, don't get me wrong, Paul George, I just don't like really as a two. And what yeah. we've seen has been very inconsistent. He's had a few good games. I think Paul George is the weak link. And then I just think, and maybe this is me overreacting to what the Mavericks have done because they're such a good offense. Uh, defensively, they have looked really poor against the Mavericks, but again, what team doesn't? Yeah. Um, I just – I don't know. What we've seen from the Clippers so far in the playoffs, I, I don't think they're going to win the title this year.
1: I don't think they're going to win the title either, but they absolutely can. And the primary reason for that is Kawhi Leonard, who is an unstoppable force. Averaging 33-10-5, has a will to win like anyone in basketball – uh, as, you know, as great of a will to win as anyone in basketball. He just gets to his spots and he really doesn't miss very much. And it, it, that is so special. He did a lot, you know, he averaged 30 a game for the playoffs last year and he wheeled that team to a title when no one expected it. He is in such a rare class of the kind of guy who is capable of doing that at times, even more so than LeBron because he is 0% dependent on the people around him. All he has to do is put his back to you and he will shoot that post fade and I, I feels like 65% of the time he's going to hit it. He is the best mid-range shooter in basketball. And this is why, you know, it's such a tired point where people say, oh, mid-range comes back in the playoffs. But of course it does. The game that's uglier, people are playing a different level of defense. Mm-hmm. And he is doing something that nobody can stop. It's up to him to miss the shot. And he doesn't miss it very often. Of course, the hot topic with the Clippers right now is Paul George, who – 10 of 47 in games two through four, 21% shooting from the field, 16% from three. Uh, playoff P is living up to his name here. I mean, this is unbelievable what we're seeing from him right now where he just looks shaken. He's missed a couple open layups. He's getting, you know, he said yesterday so obnoxiously that he's, get, he's like he's getting shots that I want. It's not like the defense is great. And it's like, all right, shut up, man. How about you actually go out there and perform like you're supposed to, like the guy who had seven picks and SGA and Danilo Gallinari traded for him. That trade looks ridiculous right now. It looks ridiculous. The Clippers would be a better team in the moment with Shea Gilders, Alexander and Danilo Gallinari, not to mention they'd have that abundance of picks. And of course they don't get Kawhi without Paul George. And I understand all that. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have done it, but PG has a responsibility to be better than this because this is a really talented team. They go 10 deep with quality guys and you know, once Pat Bev gets out there, I mean, he's massively over-discussed, but that's a quality player. Michael Green's playing well for them. I still think that Montrez can play a lot better than he's playing right now. I think that they still have another level to go to, obviously, but I'm not sure if they're going to maximize their talent because of Paul George.
0: Not to harp on Paul, Paul George to keep it going, but mm. do you think his injuries have stacked up to this point? Are we seeing... Are we seeing a deteriorated Paul George, I guess is what I mean. And the only reason I ask that is because last season in Oklahoma City, he was so close, in my opinion, to being MVP level. He Mm -hmm. he played at that level. He was Mm -hmm. so good in Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. Are we seeing a decline in Paul George?
1: It's tough for me to say if there is a physical factor, but, I mean, what I see is confidence. It's not that he physically can't shoot. You know, he shot 40% from three this year. It's that he doesn't, he doesn't have confidence. And it's been throughout this entire season where he's just, i am talking about it all the time, floats around the perimeter, shooting a bunch of threes. He doesn't want to attack downhill. Now he just looks scared to get his own shot. He looks scared to shoot, which is insane from a supposedly fringe top 10 guy when he's at his best who finished third in MVP voting last year, 28 a game, and was also playing defense at an all-defense level. And now, you know, it's been all season long that he's been underperforming and there was a group of people who had complete faith that he would flip the switch and there was a group of people that wasn't so sure about that and he has shown that he apparently can't flip the switch. And, you know, it's not like this is inconsequential right now. He's contributing greatly to them losing games and being in a precarious situation right now at two games apiece with the Mavs. And they're the better team and they'll probably win, but it's not like it's not scary. You know, they're in a position they do not want to be in right now. Let's move back east to the team with the best record in basketball the Milwaukee Bucks can they win the title
0: I guess I <laughs> man the bucks are so inconsistent and it killed not the bucks as a team but mm-hmm. Chris Middleton as a second weapon it's hard for me to put faith in this roster uh, four of twelve in game one one of eight game two and then these past two games seven of seventeen seven of nineteen better shooting nights but still nothing dominant. Uh, the formula for the Bucs is simple, you know, shoot well and win, but that formula failed for the Rockets time and time again and against the Warriors, you know, in the playoffs. And, you know, so if I had to put money on it, no, I don't think the Bucs are going to win, but I have to consider them a contender because they have the best, one of the best defenders in the world, one of the most unguardable players in the world and Giannis Antetokounmpo, although I believe he can be slowed down if you, uh, you know, if you put the defensive rotations in order. But the pieces still surrounding Giannis are question marks and how they play basketball is a hard way to win when on paper they have such a good roster, so many dominant shooters, but when those shooters don't show up, the Bucks lose.
1: I feel like my answer should be yes to this, but it's not. I, I, it is the same thing where can I visualize the path? How do they do it? I cannot see it. A Giannis Supernova performance, to me, A, A, is much harder to come across against really high-level defensive teams in the playoffs who have great coaches and who have multiple games to scheme against you. I'm not talking about the Orlando Magic without Jonathan Isaac uh, and that ragtag squad, which still somehow managed to win their first game. Um, I just really can't see it. And this has been the case since the beginning. He's so dependent on transition dominance, and that works for a while, but In the finals, games are going to be close. You really need to close games at a high level. And they still don't look like they know how to close. And they still have too many guys where it's like, yes, they're elevated during the regular season by this scheme and by Giannis. They have too many guys who I don't trust. You know, Eric Bledsoe, again, it's a small sample size. He's shooting 23% from three in the playoffs, which is what he shot last year, which is what killed them. Middleton, you mentioned, 13 a game on 34% shooting. Brutal, and he's not a guy who's underperformed in the playoffs. He's had some great playoff moments, but he's still an unconventional number two on a title team. So uh, it's just hard for me to see. It really is, and especially, and I've talked about this a bunch. Mike Budenholzer believes that it's going to work, and I'm not sure he has the personnel or the mentality to be flexible and try something else. And I think there's going to be too many games where just because this is playoff basketball, they need Chris Middleton to be their best player, and they need him to be their guy, especially in the fourth quarter. And if it's Chris Middleton against Kawhi or LeBron and AD or even against the collective unit that is the Raptors, I don't like Chris Middleton in any of those matchups. So I can't see it. And if they get out of the East, then I guess I will be wrong because if you get to the finals, then it would be unfair to say that you couldn't win the title. Uh, But I don't think it's going to happen.
0: And, I mean, you said it, the biggest concern for them closing games, we saw in the bubble how poor they were at closing mm-hmm. games. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of close losses, and like you said, against guys that, I mean, obviously I think the Lakers are coming out of the West who we're going to get to. Yeah. In a matchup against LeBron, LeBron's not going to falter. He's been here before. Yeah. And the Bucks simply don't know how to close games.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, to their credit, they were beating most teams by 15 points th- this year at least. But that doesn't happen when you're playing against the best teams in the world. And that really, really matters how this roster has been constructed. And that's going to be a thing for me with Giannis until if, if and when he develops a legitimate three-point shot consistently. Um, and if not, you know he's going to have to have that kind of really high-level elite perimeter creator, no offense Chris Middleton, like a top 10 NBA guy with him for me to believe in, in them winning a title because this team is great defensively and on paper regular season you know they're the best team in the league I just don't see it. So let's move on to the Lakers. My title pick, your pick to go up against the Raptors in the finals, can they win the title?
0: Uh yes, easily. They have LeBron James. That's about mm-hmm. all the analysis you really need there. Mm-hmm. Um when it comes to the Lakers, I mean, I think that people have People people overreact to LeBron yeah. so much game to game and it makes zero sense to me. And I'm not I'm not riding LeBron here, but he misses the playoffs one year and everybody oh yeah, man, the Clippers. I'm not counting out LeBron because when he gets to the playoffs, he goes to the finals and that still has merit. Um yeah. I I think the Lakers will run through the West. I think they have their deficiencies offensively because LeBron and A D, they're not gonna get They're going to get slowed down at some point, and you're going to need that third guy to get a bucket. You've harped on it before. Kyle Kuzma struggles to – Kyle Kuzma struggles when they put it all on him, when they need Mm -hmm. him to get a bucket. And I don't know who is going to step up for this team as that third guy because I don't believe in Kyle Kuzma, although you may not need him.
1: Yeah. Um, I do think that Kuzma – they need, to, they need him to go out there and get buckets a decent amount. I don't think it has to be exceptionally efficient. And I think there's going to be games where he fails, but I think that there's also going to be games where he goes out there and does it because even though it was inefficient, he did score 19 a game last year, and he does have that sort of fluid shot-making off the dribble that is still a special skill set. And it's not always the most conducive to winning. In this role, though, it's probably necessary. Obviously, I think the Lakers can win the title. They're my title pick. Uh, They have the number 1 playoffs defense right now, and they were going up against what had been the number 1 offense in the bubble in the Portland Trailblazers. They have stifled them, and their defensive numbers should be even better than they are because, you know, in two of these games they haven't played LeBron and AD late because they've been up by so much, and it just turns into that casual, you know, teams aren't really playing defense basketball. They had the Blazers at, what was it, 50-something going into the fourth in Game 2, and so they have been suffocating – And LeBron and AD are just imposing their will. These are two guys who really, I think, are going to refuse to lose. And they are uniquely equipped to do so because they can get downhill, they can get to the line basically whenever they want to. And that's incredibly valuable. I do have my concerns, and there's a reason I think that they're definitely not a title lock because the outside shooting is a problem. They're making the third least threes in the playoff at a 33% clip. And I don't really see that getting better. But I believe in LeBron and AD more than anything. That is a formula that has worked throughout basketball history, having those two top five super dominant guys. And I still believe in that. So they are still my title pick. So that's going to do it for us here today. Uh, Running out all of the teams that are left. By the end of this day, we may have another one gone in the Denver Nuggets. Me personally, I hope not. But we'll see. I've been Carson Brabber.
0: I've been Logan Camden.
1: And this was Nerd Sesh.